the little organ that is the accordion this time on Culture File and one of the world's most eclectic players, Martina Slavitskis, the man who brought both Vivaldi and Lady Gaga to the instrument. Slavitskis was in Dublin this week for a concert at St Andrew's Church in Westland Row, celebrating Lithuanian national independence, a celebration which this year took on a particular poignance, more of which later. But I began by asking Martina Slavitskis about his chosen instrument's place in the epic spaces of a church. Being in a church, it makes one think instantly, oh, it is a little organ, of course, that, that, that music works here. I like that assumption because uh, essentially accordion is like a portable organ and um, no offense to organ players and organ music in general, but it has more expression dynamically and uh, I think has in many ways uh, more character. But recently I played in a duet with organ uh, in Germany with the famous organist Iveta Apkalna and I think uh, the combination also works really well. So yeah, it is a little organ but uh, it can be a little um, wicked. <laughs> I love when uh, people, after leaving my concert, have these sort of comments about softness and sensitivity because usually um, people think of accordion as a very loud instrument and um, it's not that I want to say no, it's not loud, no, it can be um, uh, super loud and it can play uh, very strong accents that make this impression of, uh, of a loud instrument. And usually if people uh, know something about accordion is uh, because they hear this instrument on the street and often is the case that uh, the sound culture is not <laughs> very best. So my mission as a musician, um, especially after studying in London Royal Academy of Music, uh, is taking care of the sound and sound culture. So in every concert I try to present a variety of genres as well as different characters of sound. It, it was a beautiful program you played. One of the things that uh, struck me was you opened with a piece, a Philip Glass piece, and then later on you played a Lithuanian folk song, I think the second last one. And they, it, there seemed to be this kind of kinship between the two of them that I found really surprising. Yes, and to be honest, when I started arranging uh, Lithuanian folk songs, uh, quite a lot of people told me that it sounds a bit like Glass or, I don't know, um, Max Richter or sometimes Steve Reich. So I guess there is some kind of um, connection or, or <laughs> simply influence in my ears uh, when I um, take a simple melody of Lithuanian folk and uh, arrange it with different arpeggi and harmonize it. So yeah, the danger is there. <laughs> Thank you. 
The song is called uh, The Green Roof, so it's a plant um, with very small yellow blossoms. And it's a sort of national plant of Lithuania and it represents virginity uh, in general. But the song isn't exactly about that. So yeah, the, the tune is very circly, uh, but uh, the arrangement I made is kind of a variation of the tune and exploiting the different uh, types of arpeggi going on top of the tune. Yeah, so that's why I guess it might sound quite similar to Philip Glass. very extraordinary actually um, with the people gathered there. I mean it was seemed to be there was a lot of Lithuanians in the crowd but also Ukrainians and a lot of discussion of, of what was happening uh, in, in that part of the world. I mean were you kind of aware that there was a particular kind of uh, mood in the audience? I struggled to find the word what was the mood but I guess I wouldn't be too wrong saying it was melancholic and kind of uh, maybe also a little hopeful but rather reflecting the here and now. The Lithuanian ambassador Marius Gudinas here in Dublin asked me if I have anything in my repertoire that is Ukrainian and so I I contacted my friend in Ukraine who's also an accordion player and uh, asked him if there is a song that maybe I could use and make a very short arrangement. So he gave me that song, which is called The River Dnieper is Roaring and Moaning. That moaning and weeping, maybe specifically, because uh, we all see on TV what's happening there and we can only imagine what does it mean to lose home, uh, leave, flee the country, or completely the other way, uh, go and fight it, fight the aggressor. So horrific things going on there and uh, I wanted to somehow represent that in my uh, very uh, impromptu arrangement. How are you feeling about cultural boycotts in general? Do you think they're useful and, and you know, how, how, how do you want to get involved in, in this, I suppose? Uh, maybe I'm not the most uh, suitable person to, to, to be asked <laughs> this question because sure? <laughs> I uh, will be biased and uh, I guess I will be quite clear that I think in the current situation everything that is Russian should be banned. Um, and I feel sorry for the people that uh, are uh, musicians or in different spheres of art, culture, that are Russians. They, I guess, did not deserve to suffer that. But knowing that people who have very different professions uh, in Ukraine, because it's all of the people in Ukraine that suffer war, because of the aggressor, which is Putin's Russia. Uh, in that case, I'm quite cruel and I say that uh, for the given moment, uh, the bands are completely appropriate. Martinus Levitskis there, and his latest album with the Lithuanian National Symphony Orchestra features Pietzola's Aconcagua.